0: This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember, leaders make things happen. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to Episode 21, Care Enough to Confront. You know, confrontation is such an important part of leadership, and I'm going to cover today in this podcast, what do I mean when I say confront, uh, why do leaders need to confront, what are situations that require confrontation, why do we naturally resist confrontation, what happens when we ignore the need to confront, and practical tips on how to confront. Let me remind you that my show notes, as always, are at HansFenzel.com, where you will see a lot of the stuff I refer two in the podcast today and check it out let me start with a story alex worked for me for several years i thought he was the perfect hire but things started to go south when i'd be away on trips related to my work and he was left in charge back at the ranch Well, things started to go bad, and he started to go way beyond the authority I gave him, and he started to get into some toxic behavior, and I began to hear reports and rumors that when I was away that uh, things were not well toxic behavior in, uh, well, I'm just going to leave it at that, but uh, it was not good. And uh, here's what happened is uh, I ignored it because uh, I was busy. I'm the public figure, traveling, promoting, uh, doing a lot of important stuff. I had put together a team that was supposed to run things, and he was part of that team. And I figured, ah, the team will work it out. and, And I ignored a bad situation. And guess what happens when you ignore a bad situation? Yeah, it doesn't fix itself. It gets worse. And it got worse and worse. And it began to reflect poorly on my leadership for one simple reason. I did not care enough to confront. And so the employees and the workers in in our particular ministry thought to themselves, well, obviously Hans condones this behavior because he is not confronting it. He is not stopping it. And therefore he is for it. You can really get yourself in confrontation problems if you don't care enough to confront. Well, let's start with a simple definition. What do I mean by confront? I would say confront means to speak openly about things that are going on that are troubling. Confrontations, I'm going to get into some of the uh, situations that require confrontation, but simply it is going into the danger zone, and speaking directly to people that are the source of some kind of a problem in your organization, your business, your ministry, your church, speaking directly to them instead of speaking about them to other people. That is such destructive behavior. So confrontation is simply face time with the person that has the problem. Why do leaders need to confront? Well, because um, if we don't confront Bad behavior gets worse. It could not. It, sometimes it's not bad behavior. Sometimes it's bad performance. So whether it's bad behavior or bad performance, if we don't confront it it will get worse and people will get away with murder and you create a passive organization where people are not held accountable. Therefore, you don't get results. It all goes back to confrontation. You're not going to get results. You're going to have a dysfunctional team. People are going to fight. People are going to be demoralized. Morale is going to be low and the work's not going to get done. Uh, sadly, leaders just have to confront. My friend Tom, who I've referred to from time to time in this podcast, he's a great consultant, a great friend of mine. And I remember one time I was sitting in my office and there was a situation where he was coaching me that I really needed to confront. And I was he knows I'm a conflict avoider. And he just said, Hans, the person that sits in the chair has got to confront. And if you don't want to confront, maybe you shouldn't sit in that chair because it is absolutely one of the key responsibilities of leadership. Well, let's talk about situations that require confrontation. I like to say that we need to go into the danger zone. And the danger zone is to go into the situations like uh, team conflict, betrayal, poor performance, gossip, backbiting, a breach of trust, breach of truth, a breach of integrity, broken promises. You know, you promised you are going to do this. We all agreed you were going to do this. Why didn't you do it? That's a simple confrontation, holding people accountable. Deception and lies, passive-aggressive behavior, blocking behavior, toxic behavior. That's the story of Alex that I was just referring to, not his real name, of course. And uh, other places where things show up, you know, it's just like a garden and what happens in gardening, you get weeds and you get things that want to choke off the beautiful life of the, either the flowers or the fruits or vegetables that you're growing. And And if we don't confront as leaders, these kinds of situations, we're allowing the weeds to grow up and choke out the health of our organization. So, so important to confront, to care enough to confront. Can I remind us all that leadership is not a popularity contest? Which leads me to my next point. Why do we naturally resist confrontation? A number of years ago, my leadership team took an assessment as a group. We took the DISC test and a couple of other tests that I've mentioned in the, uh, one of my other podcasts about assessments, and we all came out except for one of us as conflict avoiders. I think it's especially prevalent in the church and in ministry. We we get guilty of what I call terminal niceness. You know, we're the body of Christ. We're Christians. We're to love one another. We're to guard our tongues, and all this stuff creates a passive aggressive behavior where we're not willing to confront. We're too nice. And I think that's why it's particularly a problem that I've seen among church leadership and ministry leadership, but it's pervasive everywhere. Uh, one of my kids, I'm not going to mention which one it is, but he's in a situation right now in his work where, man, there's some really dysfunctional behavior going on and the uh, leadership will not confront it. And my son is frustrated because he's in the situation where he uh, the person that's the problem does not report to him, but the, the leadership that is over that person won't deal with it. And so my son is very demoralized and frustrated right now about that situation because somebody is not caring enough to confront. Why don't we? Now, some people love to confront, like Donald Trump He's like the ultimate. He, he thrives on firing people and confronting people. Uh, I recently read through the book of 1 Kings, and King Solomon, he established his throne and his leadership by just absolutely taking out all of his enemies and establishing his authority. He had no problem confronting, but most of us do. Here's, here's why we naturally don't, why we resist confrontation. We think the problem will go away. We're often in denial about the real seriousness of the problem. And like, who wants to poke the broomstick into the beehive? You know, that's the way I've always felt about confrontation. I don't want to poke the broomstick into the beehive because you know what's going to happen? It's going to come back on me and I'm going to get stung if I stir up this topic. And since I don't want to get stung, I'm going to leave the topic alone. You know, I figured out a few years ago why I'm such a conflict avoider. And I don't know if any of you can relate to this, but I'm what's called an adult child of an alcoholic, (ACHN). I grew up in an alcoholic home that was very unstable, and uh, when you grow up in a home like that, uh, adult child of an alcoholic, you learn to be a survivor, you learn to take care of yourself, and you learn to stay away from the home. When I was growing away, I stayed away from home as much as possible. I slept there when I was a teenager, but that was about it, because there was always Turmoil and conflict going on in my home as a result of uh, yeah this uh, behavior. I hated it. It made me feel terrible. And for some reason, I I still associate conflict with those horrible feelings i had when i was a kid and i felt so alone and and all i wanted to do was run away from those bad feelings that resulted from that conflict i don't know if any of you can uh, relate to that but it's it's sort of that whole idea of uh, i just don't want to be uncomfortable and if i stir up this negative topic this negative subject i'm going to feel bad it's going to make me feel bad. Now, see, that's super selfish, and that's not servant leadership, but it's very natural and very common. Other reasons we naturally resist conflict, especially in the church, I've already mentioned it, and in ministry, we think we should play nice in our Christian sandbox, so we just let things slide and we let people get away with stuff. They really shouldn't get away with. Uh, We don't want things to blow up in our faces. We want to avoid conflict between colleagues, you know, and many of us are peers and we work together as peers. And who wants to call your peer out on the carpet? And uh, you want to be friends. You want to get along. You don't want to talk about that uncomfortable stuff. It's uncomfortable. It creates discomfort. We're afraid of spillage. And, you know, finally, uh, we resist conflict because we want to keep the peace. Instead of being peacemakers, we become peacekeepers, and there's a big difference. We need to be peacemakers, and that happens through confrontation. Well, the next topic I want to cover now as we go on down into this, uh, why we resisted. So what happens when we ignore conflict? What are the results? What happens when we ignore the need to confront? And uh, actually, the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians warned us about avoiding confrontation and how that actually gives opportunity for deep fractures to develop permanently on our team. Ephesians 4.25, he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil foothold. That's a great illustration of the fact that we shouldn't let it fester because it drives deep divisions between people. And we quit trusting each other. We quit believing in each other. We become islands and we don't have a great working environment. What happens? Things get worse. People talk behind closed doors. They talk behind each other's facts. Your leadership is compromised. Uh, as the story I told of Alex, if you don't confront where you need to confront, people see that. They're watching you and they know it's, you know, it's a lot like parenting. And we grew We raised four children, Donna and I, four awesome, awesome children. And now they're getting married to awesome people. And we're so blessed. But I remember. Growing up sometimes, and one of our kids would do something that we, everybody in the family knew it was against the family rules. You know, we didn't have a lot of rules. We didn't grow up in a house full of rules. We grew up in a house full of love, but we had our standards. Maybe a a better way of saying that is everybody knew that this child on this occasion broke one of the values and standards of the family. And so everybody just folds their hands and and watches and waits, are mom and dad going to say something? Or are they going to let my sibling get away with that? And how do you feel if your parents let one of your siblings get away with something you've not been able to get away with that breaks the values and standards of the family? It makes you disrespect mom and dad. It frustrates you. It makes you feel it's just not fair. All those things happen, and therefore your leadership is compromised. Anger, resentment, and bitterness begins to show up in that kind of an environment. Who knew? If we don't confront, all these terrible things happen. Well, let's let's get to some positive here. Some practical tips on how to confront. You know, it's not that hard. But you know, I I understand. That. Like I said, I'm I'm a huge conflict avoider. It's been a problem my whole life. Uh, but I've learned. You know, it's uncomfortable, but I have to go into the danger zone. So let me give you some tips on how I learned to confront and to go into the danger zone. First of all, timing is everything. You know, it's important to take the right time. It's a lot like a husband and a wife when you need to talk to them about something. And, you know, you just got to make sure the time is right. You don't want to bring up this topic at the wrong time. And what I would do with the people that reported to me is, I kept a little file in my computer on each one of them about things I wanted to talk to them about next time we're together. You know, I would be, you know, who knows where I was traveling or doing other stuff, or they were gone and. You think of things you need to talk about and you put it down in this little list. And when you get together, you talk. And I had, you know, monthly meetings with each of my direct reports. And then uh, we had our own team meetings and things like that. But I would wait until we'd have those monthly meetings to bring up the positive and the negative and confront if I needed to. Now, there are times when you can't wait till that regular standing meeting and you need to confront because time is of the essence, you know, and you just shouldn't put it off. So sometimes you could do it in a regular meeting. Sometimes you just need to bite the bullet and make an appointment. Timing is everything, which leads you to my second point. Don't humiliate people as you confront them. I've heard so many stories of people who were confronted in front of their peers about something negative in their behavior or their performance. How does that make you feel? If your boss dresses you down in front of your colleagues, it is absolutely repulsive. It is infuriating. It is so disrespectful. So don't humiliate people in front of others. Sometimes you might get mad. Sometimes you might want to blow up and say something in public or on a team meeting, and you realize how many team meetings I was in when I thought to myself, What that person just said was inappropriate, and uh, I need to talk to them about it, but I'm not going to do it in this meeting. But next time we get together, and it may be right after this meeting, we're going to talk about it. Don't humiliate people as you confront them. Uh, Another practical tip, watch your tongue. Be careful with your words. The poison of the tongue can be such a problem. It was a problem in the early church. If you read James chapter 3, 7 through 10. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Watch your tongue. Be careful. You don't have to use offensive, inflaming words when you confront. Uh, Have you noticed you can't take words back? Boy, have I learned this in marriage. (laughs) Just last week, I said something to Donna. We were kind of in a heated discussion about something. Um, Yes, it could probably be termed an argument, but eh, probably not an argument. It was just a confrontation with each other about something that was going on in our lives. And I let a few things out of my mouth that I wish I hadn't. And it just, it just were, it wasn't like curse words or anything. It was just saying things that I wish I didn't say in the heat of the moment, and you just can't pull them back into your mouth once they're out there. So watch your tongue. Be careful what you say. You can say hard things with nice words. Next tip, follow the teachings of Jesus, and that is private before public. Sometimes you have to confront with a group. I've let a lot of people go. I've hired a lot of great people. I've fired some people. And... um, we had a practice at our office that when we let people go, we made sure there were two people there. A lot of that has to do with legalities. Uh, the HR director and the, the supervisor together would confront that person with the, the dismissal. But you know, I think that's actually a good biblical principle as well. If If you can't work it out one-on-one, sometimes you may need to bring somebody else into the conversation. Follow the teachings of Jesus. Here's a great teaching he gave us on uh, how to confront Matthew 18:15 and 16 If a fellow believer hurts you go and tell him work it out between the two of you isn't that a great verse on caring enough to confront? If a fellow believer hurts you, what what do most people do? They start complaining about that person to other people, to their friends. Gripe, gripe, gripe. Complain, complain, complain. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. Don't become toxic and go tell everybody else what that person did. You go to that person. Great advice on confrontation. And then he went on to say, if he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. That's uh, from the version of the Bible, the message. I really like that. That is great advice from Jesus. Care enough to confront. Wow, that's good stuff. One final tip on how to practically confront in a spirit of love, and that is be kind and be forgiving. This is a great piece of advice from the Apostle Paul in his warning to the Ephesians. And, you know, as you read these different books in the New Testament, uh, James, Ephesians, you know, there was a lot of rancor and a lot of argument going on and a lot of conflict. It it was not all peachy keen and peaceful just because they had walked with Jesus and it was the early days of the church. Man, right from the get-go, there was interpersonal conflict. And you see, that is why this topic of caring enough to confront is... It's so pervasive and important for leadership. It's always been around. It always will be around. And if you think you can become the perfect kind of leader, that there will never be any conflict. You're just kidding yourself. You're living in la-la land. It will happen. So Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Man, that is a mouthful of stuff. And they were obviously dealing with that stuff or he wouldn't have brought it up. Instead, he said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Wow. That is just, to me, the just the icing on the cupcake of this podcast. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other wow, that is so important, as you are confronting. Yes, we need to confront, but we can do it with kindness and compassion. And I'll tell you, when I had to let people go, I always practice great kindness and compassion and generosity and give them a soft landing on their way out. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this show today on Caring Enough to Confront. And I have a show coming up in a few weeks on answering tough leadership questions would you please do me a huge favor and send me a tough leadership question hey why don't you try to stump Hans and throw me a, a hardball that you don't think I can answer any question, but send me a, a tough leadership question, and I'm going to devote a whole podcast to answering the questions that come, come in. Also, I've got an upcoming show with a, an interview with Dan Miller, the 48 Days guy, and this is an awesome interview. I continue to look for new ideas. Some of you are sending me ideas for great podcasts coming up, so please send me your ideas. Just go to HansTenzel.com, and you can go to the contact me tab or at the bottom of the show notes is also a place where you can contact me or make a comment. Either way you want to do it, just send me your ideas for a future show and send me some tough questions. The book that I would recommend for this podcast, I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. He really digs into this stuff in a great way. If you love this podcast, I appreciate it if you would tweet about it or do a Facebook post about it or a LinkedIn post uh, would really help. If you want to go into iTunes and give me a great review uh, of the Leadership Answer Man, that would be cool. So final question, is there a situation that you avoided that blew up in your face? Write me. Tell me about it. I promise I won't put it on air. But let me know if there was a situation that you avoided and it blew up in your face. I'm trying to gather more great illustrations. Thanks so much for listening today. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.